Welcome to Tea with Trosper. It's your host, Claire Kimsey, serving you the tea and insider details in all things Nevada. Welcome back to Tea with Trosper. This is a very special holiday episode, a very Nevada-themed episode, you could even say, because today, October 29th, is Nevada Day. And I am joined by guest Mike Higdon, who is the city life reporter for the Reno Gazette Journal, is now the marketing manager for Downtown Reno Partnership, and is all around an aficionado for everything Nevada. Welcome. Hi, thanks for inviting me on. Of course, I'm excited to talk about all things Nevada Day on our, what what is it, 157th anniversary? Yes. I believe so. Um, thank you for joining me for today um, to talk about our state's birthday and what it means to Nevadans today. Do you have any special plans to celebrate Nevada Day? This year, um, I'm actually probably not going to do anything special because I have a bunch of uh, new assignments that I'm working on for Edible Magazine. So I have to get my deadlines done <laughs> before I can celebrate and have fun. Nevada Day and then also still working. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. At least it is uh, a three-day weekend for most here. Yeah, and the stories are about whiskey. So, I mean, it could be way worse. I just oh, get to go drink about it or drink and write about it. Celebrate and work all at the same time. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, out of the three states that still celebrate the their admission days, why do you think Nevada's is still the largest one? Uh, I think I think Carson City probably really, at the end of the day, gets the credit for continuing to make it the largest one. Uh, you know, it had been in Virginia City, which was a big deal in the late 1800s, early 1900s. But Carson City as the capital, uh, still kind of remaining a small town and also just a really spirited town full of a lot of generational Nevadans, I think it are the ones who really kept it alive. And then since Reno, where I am, is so close, uh, we kind of do our own thing. But But Carson City really, with the parades and the activities and kind of the weekend full of events in their uh, visitor and tourism bureau. They're really the ones who probably get the credit for keeping it going for the last hundred years. That's great. Someone's got to keep it alive. Our capital, we're relying on them. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we get into it, can you give us a brief background on the first ever Nevada day? Yeah, it's kind of cool. The first official Nevada day was not actually until 1891. So Nevada became a state in um, 1864. And so in 1891, it, you know, so that's what almost, well, not quite 30 years later, uh, someone decided, you know, that we should really actually have an admission day, which was really popular at the time. You can kind of see 19th century stuff. Um, you've seen it in the movies. Maybe you've read some books in school where you kind of get this sense that people do a lot of uh, celebrations in the town mm-hmm. square or town center. Uh, towns were much smaller back then because we didn't have cars. So there was just a lot more community. Uh, but it is interesting that in the 1891, that they finally decided to kind of go bonkers and fill the streets and the businesses with banners and, and plan a big parade, which was a big deal back then because you're basically pulling wagons with horses and things like that. And, um, I'm sure there was a lot of booze at the time <laughs> that was definitely toward the peak of uh, America's distilling days before prohibition kind of came in uh, about another 30 years later. So 
the, the historical accounts don't go into a lot of detail, but you can kind of imagine it was probably a pretty big party. And there were speeches from a handful of politicians. And that was near election day, of course. So they're pretty hyped up about whatever it is that they need to do in those to get reelected, whether it's themselves or someone from their party. And just in general, there's a lot going on. But at the same time, in those speeches that they give, you kind of get this sense that Nevada was also transient and people were not really sticking around. So there's also probably like a heightened anxiety to try to like rally people to stay Nevada mm-hmm. citizens. Um, so it was, I would imagine just based on what I've, I've read in the research and the speeches that in some ways it was almost like a recruitment day to stay in town and stay in Nevada so that we could become a stronger state because they talk a lot about folks leaving to California or other places in these speeches. Uh, so it was definitely probably, I'm imagining, you know, sort of like when you, you're about to join a club mm-hmm. and they're like, you could join this club and there's going to be free food, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I can imagine that they probably put, pulled out all the stops to try to get people to hang around and uh, make, make it into a bigger deal. Like Nevada's cool. Stay here. You don't need to go to California. We yeah, exactly. You need here. Yeah. And it, and it was, and which is funny too, because you know, this is right after the gold rush. So they're, in some ways, they're like really trying to sell Nevada as something else. But at the time, uh, Montana was having gold rush. Uh, California gold rush was kind of winding down, but then Alaska was becoming a big deal. Mm-hmm. So people were like really looking for reasons to leave. <laughs> so, uh, so these these folks who put together the first Nevada Day were trying to convince people to stay and and you know grow the population of the state. And and at this point, Las Vegas hadn't been created yet, so it really was mostly northern Nevada, mm-hmm. Carson City, Virginia City. Uh, Reno came in 1868, so that had been around for a little while too. Uh, but it was really just a pretty small group up here in the north. Well, as someone who was born and raised in Nevada, I grew up with Nevada Day always falling on Halloween, October 31st. But now Nevada Day has been moved to whatever date lands on as the first Friday in October. Why is that? Yeah, so the so the official day is October 31st, and that largely has to do with it being so close to the election of 18 in the 1863, 1864 era time for Abraham Lincoln. So it really was like a last minute addition to get those mm-hmm. electoral votes. And it actually wasn't until 2000, like the year 2000, pretty recently, that they decided to do the Friday observation day. And I think a lot of that, if I remember correctly, because we I was I was just entering high school at the time. So I remember my parents being excited about it because they worked for Clark County. So I grew up in Vegas. And um, it really was just kind of like, you know, one more reason to have a day off. And if, and if I'm remembering this correctly, that's where we, the county and state workers traded Columbus Day in for Nevada Day. And we may need to double check that later before, you know, if you want to edit that out. But it was kind of like, you know, you can either have Columbus Day, which is a federal holiday, or you can get Nevada Day later in the month. And folks kind of resoundingly were like, oh, Nevada Day would be really cool. We'd rather take that day off for whatever reason. And we'll work Columbus Day. So our state and county workers here largely work Columbus Day, which has now become Indigenous Peoples Day. And um, so we actually, I think, made a good trade in that sense that we, um, you know, kind of already dumped Columbus Day before a lot of other people. Yeah, I read, too, that it was, uh, like you said, to give another three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. So to kind of like almost boost tourism in a sense, too. Oh, yeah. To get people, you know, coming out, 
Halloween, well, a Nevada idea, Day, yeah. Vegas, the whole shebang. Yeah, and that makes sense even for locals. Uh, the more holidays you can kind of squeeze out, mm-hmm. the more locals can go. And and I'm sure there's always some kind of backstory about the casinos being involved in that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. Now back to Nevada's history. There's a time after the silver rush that there was talk of revoking our statehood. Can you tell us a little bit more on that? Yeah. So when we became a state, you know, largely for those electoral votes, uh, because Abraham Lincoln had sent some folks ahead of time to the state to squash any rebellions from the Confederate uh, followers, believers. And so they made sure that it was a union state. And so that made it pretty, you know, technically Abraham Lincoln was a Republican but it's kind of more how we would view Democrats today. And so there was a lot of that kind of like pushing to make sure that the state was a little bit more liberal and anti-slavery and things like that. And so, um, you know, we became a state because of that. But like I said, Vegas hadn't been founded yet. And so there was not really any kind of population down there. And because of all the gold rush folks running off to other places, you know, Nevada was largely seen as just, and still is to this day, like largely open desert. And there's just not a lot of population out there. The density is tiny. So there was a conversation about it not having the critical population required to stay as a state. And and I don't know what the exact number was, unfortunately, but I know it was below that threshold. Mm-hmm. And so there was talk about, well, you know, does it get demoted down to a territory? Does it get turned into something else? Does it get consumed maybe by uh, California? you know, whatever, or uh, what happens there. And that's partially why the Nevada Day celebration 1891 was so important because it was kind of like, guys, if we still want to be a state and do our own thing and make our own rules, we got to get more people to stick around here. You can't just have a population of a few thousand. That's not enough. So that was um, a big deal. And that was a big reason to kind of maintain that excitement over, you know, a state that has its own uh, kind of you know, off the grid rules and whether it's gambling or a low, no income tax and all that kind of stuff that we have today. Was there one reason that was decided to keep Nevada state? That's the one thing I can't find the answer to. It's possible, you know, and that might be something that requires more research. I could speculate that um, there were additional mining booms. Mm -hmm. So after the initial gold rush, we've had various silver and gold rushes over time as new places were found. So Tonopah um, and Goldfield were a big part of that because they were new locations that we found um, after the initial Virginia City Comstock load ran dry after a few years, or it might have been a few months. And so my thought was maybe that it's just that we continue to find reasons to bring people here and then legalizing gambling was unique to Nevada because of that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it may also have been that it was conversations that happened in Congress about Nevada, but never really got turned into a serious discussion it's, that got to the table anyway. Just it kind just, of floated around. Yeah, because revoking statehood probably isn't just something that you just you know chit-chat about. It probably mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, but that one I would be curious. You know, I don't know if you get feedback from your users. If someone knows that, I'd love to know why yeah. it never made it. Why are we still here? I'm glad we are. Yeah, why <laughs> are we still here for sure? What's the deciding yeah, we're the, factor? We're the seventh largest state. Why are we still here? We, why didn't we get broken up into three smaller states? <laughs> <laughs> so with gambling becoming a, a law here, legal, um, it created a huge economic diversity. Um, 
And it's still one of the shining aspects of Nevada. We just legalized marijuana a few years ago. So there's a lot of interesting, unique things here. And is one of the reasons we keep celebrating. Can you talk more on our constant reinvention? Yeah. And, and actually, I would kind of somewhat disagree with our economic diversity early on. So some of the speeches from that Nevada day in the 1890s tried to capitalize on this idea of uh, agriculture and, and other diverse mm-hmm. economies. Um, they, they had this impression that we would be able to invent this technology that would infinitely make the desert into some kind of green oasis, which if any of you have driven around, that absolutely <laughs> did not happen. <laughs> you can go to Fallon and Winnemucca and those places are green, but you know, down in Vegas, uh, there's no way to create farmland out of that space. Uh, anywhere around you guys, Nye County, you know, Clark County, none of those. So we definitely, you know, took a real bet on the casino tourism for a long time. You know, Reno had casinos for a long time and then Vegas kind of around, came around in the fifties and had a huge casino boom. And that's one of the reasons that we've kind of gone through this boom and bust economy for a century now, uh, because, you know, when it, when it, when there's a lot of money in the nineties and people want to flock to Vegas, they'll do it. And then when the recession, our most recent one happened, uh, that really crashed a lot of things. And there's always been a push to diversify the economy. And I actually think that it's finally happened in the last 20 ish years, maybe even since the recession, so like 11 years. And so that's been kind of cool. So we have a, in both Northern and Southern Nevada, we have a lot of advanced manufacturing now, and that's helping a lot to, you know, getting Tesla out here is a big yeah. deal. And um, you guys had Faraday, but I don't know if that's worked out as well. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, so fine. with building the batteries and stuff, I mean, so that's a good example, like, right. So we kind of made this bet on Tesla and Faraday and then Faraday didn't really work out. So it was like, oh, well, we bet on that. And, you know, uh, we didn't win on that one too. So we do that a lot. Um, but I do think that we've now, you can look at a lot of the like economic indicators and, Gambling has made a significantly smaller chunk of the pie, which is honestly probably where it should be because kind of literally betting on betting <laughs> is only one step away from betting on the stock market, right? Is yeah. It's just kind of like, here's a good way to watch something up and down. Um, so betting we've, we've always reinvented a lot. What was the head? Betting runs deep in our Nevada blood. Oh yeah, it totally does. And you see it in the legislature, especially they take bets on that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, but the but the reinvention I think has been always really interesting because it's kind of hard to pin down what Nevada is. You know, every decade, if your friends ask you what you're known for, you can can kind of change it up on them all the time. Yeah, it's like the song. It's like home means Nevada. Home means <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should just like keep adding verses to that verses. with new and new stuff. It'd be great. Every ten years, someone adds another little aspect to it. Why is one of the reasons um, Nevadans love Nevada? We take it very much pride as saying like born and raised. I think there's a, uh, I mean, personally, because I was born and raised here too. I think there's kind of like this almost kind of comical um, underdog syndrome a little bit Mm -hmm. because it is largely empty and the industries and reinvention is kind of bizarre. And um, sometimes, you know, objectively speaking you know, can you look at it and be like well there's not a lot to be proud of in terms of like the standard like measures of like um, education and economics and things like that but there is a lot to be proud of in terms of like the 
enormous amount of open space that we have that is not available anywhere else. Mm-hmm. The uh, the mining is fascinating. We have some of the most important lithium and gold mines in the country and that are not anywhere else. I mean, there's lithium mines in Nevada and then there's lithium mines in, I believe, China. And I think that's it. And um, our gold mines in Elko are still producing quite a bit. You know, there's not a lot of gold production coming out of anywhere else either. So you have that. And then um, it's just kind of an enigmatic state. If, if you spend any time talking to friends or people you've met from, especially the East Coast, um, and especially recently, I've met someone who lives in Tennessee and grew up in New York. They just can't fathom some of the stuff I tell them just sounds so yeah. weird and bizarre to them. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally normal here. And they're just like, that's not normal. <laughs> and so then we can kind of wear that as a badge of honor. Like, oh, well, we're special, aren't we? <laughs> Even if the person's kind of quietly judging us. <laughs> it used to be my one fun fact in school when I went to college. It was like, I was born in Las Vegas. Yeah. You'd be like, whoa, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And I used to visit my dad in um, rural Kentucky. And mm-hmm. all the folks that we'd visit out there thought of Vegas as like this just kind of crazy spectacle and a lot of people didn't even know especially on the flights when I'd be flying home they wouldn't know that we just had like regular houses and neighborhoods oh they'd be like there's and, more than one street everybody always yeah on it's the flight. so wild <laughs> like I'm it's like, huge <laughs> yeah it's so weird that like you know yeah it's a city like you know it has like walmarts and grocery stores and restaurants and traffic lights like what do you do you think it's just like an imaginary little playground or something? I don't get. We all didn't grow up in hotels. <laughs> yeah, pe- we used to uh, play jokes on people all the time on flights back from conferences that we lived on the thirteenth floor, since most hotels don't have a thirteen button. Mm-hmm. And um, we said we would always get off of the twelfth floor and walk up to the hidden floor. And <laughs> where all the locals live. The people totally believed us. They were like, just, you see their faces. They're just like, what? And you're like, oh my god, you're so dumb. I live in a house. Oh my god. <laughs> You see when we're landing that house right there in the middle, yeah. that's me. <laughs> yeah. Once, you know, once you get over the city, they're like, oh, okay. They get it. But yeah, it's so wild. I think that's pretty cool. And, um, and Reno has a lot of different history. I don't think people have the same reaction to Reno, but it's similar. And then we also, you know, within Reno have neighborhoods that still have farmland and horses. And mm-hmm. uh, there's this one part of Reno that I think is the funniest because there's a bunch of luxury car dealerships right next to a, um, a bunch of cows in the <laughs> middle of the city. And I think the cows are gone now because they finally sold it. But for the longest time, it was like the last remaining uh, cow farm in the middle of Mercedes dealership an apartment complex and like uh, a Winco rest, uh, grocery store. <laughs> You're like only in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was just definitely like, you know, you know, you have that, you'll have uh, some of those things in like the Midwest. But you won't have like a Mercedes dealership next to it. That's the part that really made it special. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Mike, for giving us a lot more insight on the most important day in our state's history. It was nice getting to talk to you and do our our own little celebration for Nevada Day. And what are you doing for Nevada Day? Um, I'm going to be on an airplane, <laughs> not to Nevada, to Texas. Getting out. Oh my gosh. Getting She's breaking out. the rules already. I feel like You're doing they, exactly what they did hundred years ago. Yours. <laughs> they'll, they'll need to have a big parade here in Vegas one day and maybe they'll keep me. <laughs> I know. It, it, I always think it's sad that Vegas doesn't embrace the parade thing, but maybe someday someone will. Maybe Henderson can take, I feel like Henderson could do it. Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah. Henderson or maybe like North Las Vegas could take yeah. that on for everyone. That would be fun. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. And for our listeners today marks the 157th birthday of Nevada. And if you're a proud Nevadan and would like to celebrate and you're anywhere near our capital, Carson City, Saturday, the 30th of October, we're commemorating all the historic moments in Nevada with a huge parade. So everyone have a fun and safe and very happy Nevada day. Goodbye. And thank you again to our guest on this episode of Tea with Prosper, Mike Higdon. It was nice chatting with you again. And don't forget to rate and review us on your preferred streaming service. Subscribe and follow us at Trosper PR on Instagram and find us at Facebook on Facebook at Trosper Public Relations. This has been Claire and thanks for spilling the tea with me. Catch you next time. Thank you again for chatting with me. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to have this edited and out by tomorrow. So it's like on Nevada day. That's cool. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye.